has kept us during this past week. Uh, many of you traveled long distances and uh, so thankful to God that God kept you safe and sound that we are all here uh, together again to worship the Lord. Uh, it's such a joy to be together with God's people. Praise God. We thank God for the message we heard last week on worship. I hope that every one of us had an opportunity to meditate on it since we left the church. Um, because worship is very important. Uh, we heard that we were created uh, to worship God, to, to uh, bring him pleasure. Uh, if the whole creation worship God, how much more we, as redeemed people of God, uh, should worship and give him glory and honor. Praise God. Creation does worship God in their own way. And uh, we are uh, more, uh, more uh, demanded or required to worship him because of uh, our redemption. Our redemption did not come at a cheap price. It, is, it cost the life of Jesus. God sent his only son that we might have life and life eternal. So as redeemed people, we have a double responsibility to be thankful and worshipful uh, throughout our life. Uh, as, we, as we saw last Sunday, uh, worship is a lifetime thing. We, we worship God all the time. And uh, it was enlightening to me, you know, uh, when I heard that even in our vocations, what we do for living, that is part of our worship. Amen. Praise God. You know, you are simply not a professional in a field, uh, but you are a worshiper in that field. Praise God. So be mindful of that. And uh, I think that will bring more meaning to our life when we realize that. We just don't do something, we do it for God, in His name, and then we will be blessed. I thank uh, all the teachers of our, of our church and preachers uh, for their diligence and studies and bringing great word to us. And uh, again, we were to continue to meditate upon it throughout the week and uh, make it a part of our life. You know, don't leave it until uh, it becomes sort of uh, our habit to do what we heard during the week. But today, uh, I'm going to talk about increase this is uh, our theme for the year along with revival. Uh, this is the year of increase. We are trusting God uh, for a great increase. Am I on this thing working okay? Yeah. All right. Um, our theme is increase. Increase is, is, is a good thing. It's a good thing when it comes from God. You know, some increases are not good. <laughs> we don't need increase in pain, do we? Nope. 
We don't need increase in suffering. We don't need increase in so many different areas of our life. But when God gives us increase, that is good. Praise God. And that's the kind of increase we are talking about. Increase that comes from God. Prosperity, riches, wealth, spiritual strength, spiritual resolve, you know, increase that comes from, the, uh, from, from God. If you remember, we've been touching on this topic for a few weeks here and there. We, we talked about uh, Jabez's prayer uh, in First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse number 10. He prayed, and the Bible says, And Jabez called on the Lord of Israel, on the God of Israel. So he knew where to go for increase. That's where we need to go. We need to go to the Lord who, go, who causes us and who gives us increase in our life. Jabez knew that secret. He knew increase comes from God. So he went to God. And he trusted God for that increase. And he said, God, bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. Lord, bless me. He wanted the blessings of God. And then the next thing he said was, enlarge my coast. Enlarge my territory. What I have, Lord, take it and make it bigger. I can, I can use it. I can use it to glorify your name. That's the intent of all the increases we have. The purpose of that is to glorify God with our increases. It is not that we can become famous uh, or known, but that we can use those increases to bless God, to thank God for it. Uh, gives us another opportunity to, to say to somebody, you know, God is good. God is blessing. So your increases need to bring glory and honor to God. And every increase that comes from God will do that, will bring honor and glory to God. So it is important that we give uh, honor to God. So that's where we started on this theme of increase, Jabez's prayer. And then we saw that we need to really understand that God is the author of increase. He, he is the one who gives us increase. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse, uh, chapter 1, I believe it is, um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, let me, let me erase that chapter 1 there, okay? I don't know if it is chapter 1 or 2 or 3. But he said that uh, I planted... Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? God gave the increase. Praise God. We cannot take credit for, or for the increase we have. <coughs> sure, we have a part in it, but all our work is vain unless and until God is in that work. Amen. So you can plant, I mean, you can, you can plant, you can water, somebody else can water, and the plant grows because of the faithfulness of God. Praise God. You think about a farmer 
He works very hard. Yesterday we had the privilege of going to Rochester to attend a, a gathering there, and we were driving down 52, I believe it is, going south. Wow, I mean, on either side of that highway, it is farms and farms and farms, nothing else. Wide, wide areas where people farm, and they work hard. But they can do all their work. They can till it and, and make the ground ready and, and plant the best seed and, 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 and put, it, uh, put the best fertilizer in it. But, but unless it gets the rain, unless it gets the sunshine, unless it is blessed by God, hallelujah, unless it is blessed by God, it cannot bring growth. Praise God. Praise God. In every part of our life, we need to do certain things, but wait on the blessings of God. <coughs> Hallelujah. And we need, we need to do what we can diligently. We need to do what we can faithfully. We need to do what we can to the best of our ability. And then wait upon God and say, Lord, bring increase in this thing. Amen. Praise God. You who work every, every five days in a week, maybe more, you need to realize that you do have a, major, a good part in your work, but then always trust God to bring the best out of it, greatness out of it. Give him glory and honor. So it is God who, who, uh, who gives us, it is God who gives us increase. There is no question about it. And I need to confess that every day of my life. God, it is you who gives me increase. There are many passages in the Bible that specifically says that it is God who brings the increase. I, I don't have time uh, to, to go there, uh, but I know there are. On this, uh, on this iPad, there is a place normally where I can see my scriptures, so I can read them, but for some reason it is not there today. Um, so, uh, thank you, John. Uh, so, so, so throughout the Bible, we know that God gives us the increase. The, the notes has changed. Okay, 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 where, where is it? Thank you. Thank you. Um, it is God who, uh, throughout the Bible, I see that God is a God of increase. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that God is a God of increase. You know, in the, even in the beginning of creation, um, when God made man and woman in his own image, the first thing he told them was, well, the first thing he did was he blessed them. And you know what he told them? Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Now, God could have created a lot of people. <laughs> you know, he could have just said a word, and now, you know, Adam and Eve have been created. Now, let there be millions of Adams and Eves. <laughs> it would have just happened like that. But God left... The, the, the multiplication, the fruitfulness to who? To the, to the to his created 
Yes. Amen. Yes. So God left that work for you and me to do, to, to, to be a, 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 a catalyst, to be uh, a force in this multiplication, in this growth, in this increase that God has designed for mankind. And then he, when, when Noah came out of that flood situation, the Bible says, God blessed Noah. And he also said, what? Fruitful? Now, we know that that is in a sense of multiplying people, you know, you're increasing. But increase in every area of our life is in the plan of God for us. The Bible talks about increase in the field, increase in the work of your hand. So throughout the Bible, it teaches us that God is a God of increase and he loves to give us increase. We need to understand that. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about some principles of increase. Principles of increase. Everything has some, uh, has some principles that we, we need to learn. You know, if you learn driving, you need to know the principles of driving, you know. What are the way to drive? What are the rules and regulations of it? So if you desire an increase in your life, there are some biblical principles we need to follow. And one of them, of course, is that God is the author of increase. And we covered that a couple of weeks ago. And another one was, we need to pray for increase. Jabez, pray. Jabez, pray. And another one is that we need to be very patient in increase. As a farmer does his job and he's patient for the rest to take care of. He's patient and when the time comes, he has a harvest. So then we talked about, about seven principles of increase. If you don't know them, if you don't remember them, you can go back to the newsletter a couple of weeks ago and we have them in there. In the, the, the seven principles of faith. And I added one on the note. I still can see it here. I don't know what happened to them, but that's okay. And the, and the, and the new one I added was uh, we reap what we sow. sow. That's a principle of increase. We reap what we sow. So be careful what we reap. If we reap, we will sow good. <coughs> and that is another principle of increase. But today, I want to focus on one major area of increase that we need to desire in our life. Praise God. As I said in the very early stages of this study, when we hear about increase, we immediately think it is about financial blessing. We all need financial blessing. And I hope to cover at least one study on financial blessing. <laughs> Because our teaching needs to be balanced. Balanced. So today we are talking about uh, the, the increase in faith. Increase of faith. 
If you have read your Bibles, you know that in Luke chapter 17, verse number 5, there is a passage of verse that says, The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Who, who asked the Lord to increase their faith? The apostles. The apostles. I mean, these are the people that were very close to the Lord. They were not some people that were, uh, you know, wandering away, running away, coming to church once in a while. We can understand they may not have any faith, but not the apostles. They, they, they should have faith. <laughs> Pastors, they should have faith, right? Elders, they should have. They must have faith. But here we see that it is the apostles who asked for their faith to increase. That tells me that all of us can offer a prayer to God to increase our faith. None of us is exempt from that. We need more faith. We need more faith. That's for sure. So in Luke chapter number 17, the Lord was talking to the people, the disciples, and uh, he was telling them some tough lessons some tough lessons. Then Jesus to the disciples said, it is impossible but that offenses will come. You know what offense is? Stumbling. Stumblings will come. Often stumblings come from other people. You know, when we were young, we, we, we will, you know, play games on other people, like they're running and we'll stick our uh, leg in front of them. <laughs> so they will trip and fall and we laugh, right? So that guy was causing his friend to stumble. Though for fun, uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> but, but, but I want to get you an idea of people stumbling, stumbling. And Jesus is saying, it is impossible that stumbling will not come. It will come, he said. Offenses will come. I can offend some people. You believe that? Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. I can offend some people. He talked to my wife. <laughs> You can offend somebody unless you are very careful and unless you are prayed up, unless you are uh, into the Bible, into the Word of God, unless you have the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. It is easy to say, to offend other people. We may say something, you know, sometimes we don't even mean it, but it, it offends somebody. And they are stumbling. Their joy is taken away. Everything is concentrated upon what you said, right? I mean, everything is just went away from our, our heart and now we are focusing on, now why did he say that? Why did he do that? You know, there was no reason for it. And we just begin to think about it. We are offended. We are being stumbled. And, and, and the joy is taken away. Our, our, our mind is just, just uh, troubled. The Lord is saying offenses will come. Will come. We need to watch about it. 
or watch that. Others can offend us, we can offend others. It goes both ways. The Lord is saying, offenses will come, but woe to him through whom it comes. The Lord is not happy about those people who offend other people. He said, it is terrible for them if you offend somebody. Now he's talking to the disciples now. Remember that. He's not talking to a large crowd of people. Did you see that in verse number one? It says, then he said to the disciples. Then he said to the disciples. It is his people. Just like we are his people. So he's telling the disciples, offenses will come. One of you can offend the other one. But it is terrible when that happens. Jesus said it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. It is serious in the eyes of God when you and I or I offend somebody, especially somebody, well, not especially, but offend somebody, period. We need to be very watchful that we don't offend anybody. In the Bible, we are constantly reminded that we are to encourage one another, build up one another, be a help and be caring for other people. So offending others is not in our play. Amen? Amen. It is not in our uh, things to do. Amen. Amen. It is not. So Jesus looked at it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a very serious way. He said, you know, it's, you can die rather than doing this offense to somebody. That's serious. Take heed to yourselves. If, the, if your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. If, if somebody offends somebody, you know, uh, you can repent about it. And, and the other person need to forgive you. They have no right to say, I won't forgive you. Because Jesus said, you need to forgive. If somebody asks you to forgive you, then you have no recourse as a believer. As a worldly person, you may have recourses. But as a believer, you have no recourse but to forgive. Forgive. Simply, when they ask, I'm sorry for what I did, I, we have to have the heart to say, praise God, you, you know, that's okay, brother. You know, I, 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 I don't, I'm not holding it that against you. I'm, you are forgiven or whatever. You know, that relationship needs to be strengthened and restored. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day, he turn again to thee saying, I repent, you shall forgive them. The standards of God is pretty high. It is not human standards. To us, one time is enough. <laughs> you know, one, to, one time is enough. I forgave you once. You're doing it again to me? Never I will forgive you. Forgive you. But in the book of God, in the words of Christ, if somebody offends you, you should forgive him seven times in a day. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it, Preeti? Pretty high standard. Some people cannot handle that. 
You know, it is in that background. I, I, want, I want to say that all that to bring you up to the words that we are looking at. It is against that background of Christ's teaching about offenses and forgiveness. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. <coughs> they are saying, Lord, <laughs> with the faith that we have, we just cannot do what you are telling us to do. Hallelujah. Lord, we need more faith that we can be what you are telling us to be. Hallelujah. Lord, we need more faith to act like you want us to act in this world. We need more faith, more faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. More faith. Because the faith that we have sometimes is not measuring up to the challenges of our life. We need more faith. So when we think about increased faith, we are thinking about a life that resembles what God has designed for us. Praise God. Amen. The apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. You know, it seems to me like it was a united prayer. Did you read that scripture in verse 1? It is not the apostle or the, the apostles, right? Right there it is. It is not the request of one apostle, but it, it seems like they all wanted that increase in faith. Hallelujah. I pray today that all of us at Bird of Life Church will pray, Lord, increase our faith. Yeah. And we need to have that so we can be the people you have called us to be. You have ordained us to be. We need more faith to be like you, Lord. Amen. That's what we need to pray for. Our Christian life began or started when we blank in the finished work of Christ on the cross. What would you say? Our Christian life started when we believed. When we believed or we put our faith, right, in the work that Jesus did on the cross. That's when it began. When we believed or when we put our faith. You see, our Christian life it has its beginnings in, in where? In, in faith. In faith. To some of us, faith is sort of a mysterious thing. You know, what is it? How can I grow in it? Much less, what is it? We don't understand it fully what faith is. Now in Hebrew, we read that faith is the... Okay. We know the definition of faith. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, right? It is the evidence of things not seen. We believe even though we haven't seen it. That's faith. 
Hallelujah. We, I believe about a heaven. I haven't seen, but I believe in it because the Bible tells me so. That's faith. That's faith. I don't know all about this salvation that we preach and we talk about. I don't know how it exactly happens, but I believe it because the Bible tells me so. I believe it. And once you believe it, you begin to experience it. Hallelujah. Now you experience it. So our Christian life itself began in faith. So every one of you know what faith is, at least a little bit. What did you do when you trusted in the Lord? It was a simple act of saying, Lord, I believe. That is faith. Faith is believing what God said in his word. Trusting him in every situation, regardless of what kind of situation you face in your life. So we began our life, Christian life, in faith or by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, but without something, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, do you want to please God? You have to have faith. You have to have faith. Faith in who? Faith in God. Faith in what? Faith in the word of God. So it is without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. So so we understand belief and faith is about the same thing, right? It's the same thing. Must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God gives rewards, blessings, and benefits to those who faithfully, diligently seek him. Praise God. So, that, so we had to have faith to please God. Enoch pleased God by faith. We need faith to please God. So that becomes the more important that we ask for more faith in our life, doesn't it? If you have a desire to please God, you need to have that faith. Praise God. It's another passage in the Bible, Romans 1.17, we read, The just shall live by faith. faith. We'll live by faith. I need faith to live as a Christian, as a believer. I need faith. Faith in God. Faith in God. Another passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith. I need to have faith to walk. And not by sight. So we need faith. We need faith to please God, to live our life, and to walk. And living and walking is about the same interpretation. 
A walk means your life. So we need faith to please God and live our life in the, on this earth. Faith is essential for us. We cannot do without faith. We need faith. Say amen. 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 We need faith. And we have faith. Amen? amen? We have faith. Because our life began in faith. faith. Our Christian life began in faith. faith. We don't have to invent it. It is there in our life, in our heart. We have faith. When you accepted Jesus, you did that by faith. You know what faith is. You did that. But now we need to bring it up. Make it strong. Praise God. So as we were talking about uh, the, the few verses in Luke chapter 17, in the light of what the Lord was speaking, the apostles realized the need of increased faith Once they realized that, they desired it. You know, they, they, they wanted it. And uh, they knew that faith was needed to obey his commands. You know, many times we are not able to do what he is asking us to do because we don't have that faith. If we have faith, we will jump. We'll go for it. But when we have lack of faith, we are afraid. We don't want to move on. We want to stop. Let somebody else do it, we will say. So it is needed to live, obey his command, to live like Jesus teaches us. Faith is essential for us. So let me give you some initial thoughts about that scripture in Luke 17, verse number 5. We are saved through faith. In, in Ephesians 2.8 we read, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Every one of us who gave our life to the Lord, meaning we, we received him as our Lord and Savior, we did it uh, through faith. Through faith. So we know what faith is. We have tasted faith. We know what taste is, what faith is. We know what it is to believe. So it is, it is not a mystery, as we may think. We are saved through faith. And number two, all believers have a measure of faith. Do you believe that? Yeah. Now that is not saving faith. But that is working faith. That is living faith. Yeah. My just shall live by faith. It is, you know, it is, they are already just people. They are already justified people. They are not talking about the salvation faith, the beginning of our life. Now this is the living faith. The faith that helps us to live like Christians, like believers in this world. All believers have a measure of faith. The Bible says so. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, 
to everyone who is among you. Does that leave any of us out? No. Uh, to, to see that underlined word there, to everyone who is? I mean, we may have about what, 50, 60 people here today. Maybe more. I want to say 200. <laughs> For I say through the grace given to me, the Apostle Paul is saying, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, everyone among you, everybody sitting here among you, what happened to them? Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Let's think about that for a moment. Apostle Paul is saying, don't think that you have something extra that somebody doesn't have. When God gave this faith to his church, the Bible is saying here that all of you, everyone among you, has a measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. Hallelujah, that's good news. We all have a measure of faith. It's like that man who went on, went on a trip and he called his servants and gave one uh, five talents and gave one two talents and gave one one. I always say that I don't see anybody, uh, you know, they're receiving zero talent, right? We all have a measure of faith given to us by the grace of God. You know, that word that there, I thought about, I've seen these young children playing card, you know. They deal some cards, don't they? Have you seen that? You, 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 you pretend like you're so holy, you've never seen anything like that. <laughs> At least on TV you might have seen that, right? Dealing, right? So the Bible is saying that God has debt here, right? That's each one of you. Brahma, here. Archana, here. Lydia. Sanjeev. Malabai. He has given to each one of us what? A measure of faith. A measure of faith. Amen. So, so, so none of us are without it. Or he is without it. We all have some faith. Yeah. But it may be dormant, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it may be just lie, laying there and do nothing like the man who took his one talent and he hid it. Yeah. It was just laying dormant in the ground, not doing anything at all, and the Lord was very much displeased with him. So when we talk about increasing faith, it is a way of saying that we need to do business with the faith we have. Amen. And then we see increase in our life. Praise God. Remember that one man that got five talents? Man, he was, he was not afraid at all to come to his master to say, Lord, I, he gave me five. I, I have earned five more. Praise God. And the other one, 
You know, he came with more and they did business with it. What they had, the measure they have been given, they did business with it. They worked hard and because they knew one day they will have to give an account to the master. But we live our life thinking that we never have to give any account. That's not the fact. That's not the truth. Every one of us will have to give an account of the blessings God has given us. Amen. For we all will come before the judgment seat of Christ. Not to be punished for our sins because that was done on the cross because you believed in him. But to, but to judge you on the basis of your faithfulness to him. And then reward you accordingly. So brothers and sisters, each one of us have been given a measure of faith. And it is not meant to lay dormant anywhere. It is a gift of God. And as a gift of God, we need to see it as a great gift. Amen. And use it to the glory of God. What have you done with that measure of faith God has dealt into your hand? Have you ever used it? Even to talk to one person in your lifetime about Jesus Christ? Have you used it? It is important to know that we all have a measure of faith. And then we can take that measure and be faithful about it. And see that faith come and growing stronger and stronger and stronger. We are saved through faith. All believers have a measure of faith. Number three. That brings us to the third point. Faith can be increased. Faith can be increased. Now, are you with me so far? We are saved by faith. We all have some faith. And that faith can be increased. Hallelujah. Because my God is a God of Increase. He gives something to me to begin with, and he causes that to be increased by my faithfulness to him. <coughs> You've been faithful with a little, and I will make you ruler over many. So the, the Apostle Paul, when writing to Corinthian believers, he said, He said, it was not meant to show up all on the screen at the same time. <laughs> not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased. Is, is increased faith possible? It is. The Bible teaches us that. You, your faith can be strengthened. It can be increased. So we need to pray and seek God and say, Lord, I have faith, but I don't know where it is. I haven't used it. I haven't experienced it. I haven't tasted it. I haven't seen the effect of it in my life. I want to see some effect of my faith in my life. I want to use it. I want to be a blessing to some people. 
because you have given me a measure of faith that I need to use and bless some people with it. So the Corinthian church was increasing in their faith. Can you say amen? amen? They were increasing in their faith. And then he turned to the Thessalonian church. He said, we are bound to give God always for you, brothers, because your faith grows exceedingly. The Thessalonian church was increasing in their faith. It can happen. Because we all begin with a small measure and it is growing by the grace of God. Praise God. And what about the BLC church? BLC church. May our, uh, our faith grow exceedingly. Amen. Praise God. Is that our prayer? Is that our desire? Remember the apostles prayed. Not just one apostle, but all of them together. I think it happened one time before, didn't it? When Jesus was at some place, the disciples came to him and asked him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I don't know. Somebody can confirm that for me. Please look that is it all of them or just one? Because the need is great. And so the new unity is essential. When the need is great, unity is more essential. Amen? When the need is great, unity is more essential. Well, unity is always essential. But, but you know, the need you know, brings people together, don't they? When we have a, a need we need to face, that brings people together. So the disciples, uh, Mahesh, did you see that pastor? Is the disciples or disciple? Huh? One of them. I apologize. See, that's why we need to verify things. But here the apostles together, they asked, Lord, increase our faith. So, my prayer for the BLC church is that every one of us have this desire that we will pray and grow in our faith. Because we have a measure of faith. We need to grow in that faith. So now, let's ask the question, how can I increase in my faith? <coughs> I know now that I am saved by faith. I know now that... I have a measure of faith. I know now that the church in Corinth and church in Thessalonica and the, BL, uh, and the BLC church, you know, at least those two churches have increased or grown in their grace, in their faith. So how do we do that? How can we do, how can we grow in the faith that the Bible is teaching us? Number one, we must come to a realization that we need we need to increase faith. We have a measure of faith, and uh, uh, we need to admit the state of our faith. The apostles realized they were not up to, up to the call they had. They, they needed to have more faith to be like the people that the Lord wants them to be. Admit the state of your faith. In any situation, admission is the first phase. 
If you need healing, you need to admit that you are sick. That's the that's beginning stage. If you need help, you need to admit that you need help. Some people never admit that. I'm so proud. I, I don't need anybody to help me. So in any matter of life, if you need something, the first thing is we need to admit that we need it. And then go for it. Number two, admit the state of your faith. Is it weak? Is it growing? Whatever the case may be. Number three, desire for increase. That's what Jabez did. Jabez was not content about the, 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 the property, the, the, the territory that he had uh, been given. I would say in the, in, the, in, the, in the language of the New Testament, he was given a measure of property. Is, are you with me? He was given a measure of it. And it was his job to, to, to grow it. And, and that's why he's praying, God, I have this territory, but I want more territory. And it is our business, it is our job to, to take what we have and bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, I have this and I thank you for it, but I know I can handle more, so give me more to the glory of God. And that's the way you become increased in your life. Praise God. Even financially, that's what happens. You take what you have and bring it to God and say, God, this is what you have given me, and I'm going to be faithful in it and give me more so I can be faithful in that too. That's, that's how we grow in our finances. We never wait till the time we have plenty to give. We begin to give when we are, when we are in lack. Now, why do we wait till we have plenty to give? Because lack of faith. Lack of faith. We don't have faith in God that he can supply our need. If I give this $5 out of my $50, I will be suffering because of that. But if I had a $5 million, I can give $1,000. See, that's the reasoning many people have when it comes to giving. But, but God will honor us when we give out of our lack, out of our nothingness. We bring something and we honor God with it and he begins to bless the faithful believer. In here one, amen. amen. I'm telling you about my experience. I told you when I was growing up as a, as a young believer, nobody taught me that. Nobody told me. Well, there was nothing to give to begin with. Nothing to give. I don't know when it was that I had some money that I was free to spend. It was when I got a job in India and my monthly salary was 170 rupees. Long time ago. It is one million. <laughs> it is one, one lakh seven hundred thousand now. <laughs> okay. So, so until that point, I didn't have any money that I can say was mine to do what I wanted to do with it. I didn't have it. So it would not have helped me. Even somebody told me you have to give. But to you, but to you, you have something to give. I urge you in the grace of God, that you begin to give 
to God. And he will honor you. Don't wait till you have plenty to give. Give it now with what you have. And experience the favor of God and blessing of God on your life. I don't give to God thinking he will give me twice. No, that's not the bribe. I give to God because he has blessed me already. And I want that for every one of you. He will not be a debtor to anybody. In fact, if there is one thing where God told the people to test me, this one thing, this one thing, test me. Prove me, he said. So desire increase in your life. And uh, number four, num the double three, which, is, which means number four. Pray for increase. Pray for increase. Because we cannot do without prayer. Jabez prayed. Jabez prayed. He had a little bit to work with. Amen. He had something to work with. God, I have some property, but I know I can handle more. I can handle more. And I, I, I don't think he was praying for self, out of selfishness. Do you think so? No, no. <laughs> I don't think he was praying out of selfishness because God granted what he asked. How do I know he didn't ask out of selfishness? Because God gave him what he asked. James said, you ask, but you have not because you ask amiss. Right? Hallelujah, because, because when we ask for the glory of God, he is going to give it to us. Amen. Praise God. God is a good God, amen? amen? He's a good God. He loves us so much and he wants to give us. So pray for increased faith, and the apostles did. That's what they did. Lord, increase our Great. faith. And, and then I want to add along with that, look to Jesus. You know, praying and looking is about the same, right? I lift mine eyes unto the hills from where my help I lift, I look. Look to Jesus in Hebrews 12, 2. We read uh, the author and finisher of our what? Faith. Our faith. Amen. So if you want to increase your faith, who should you look to? The author, the originator, and the completer, perfecter of faith is Jesus Christ. So you look to him and say, Lord, you are the author of this thing. You are the perfecter of this thing. You can complete it. You can finish it in my life. So I need more faith, God. I'm going to talk to somebody this week. I need faith to talk to them that they will know Jesus. So we need to get rid of all the excess baggage in our life. If you read uh, verse number one, we see laying aside all those things, right? You know, many times this excess baggage prevents us from trusting in the Lord. Jesus told the people, he said, no man can serve two masters. You will either love the one and hate the other, or stick to the one and despise the other. We, we cannot. We may think we can, but nobody can serve two masters. We cannot have 
one foot in the world and one foot in the church or in the kingdom of God and try to please God. It's a more precarious position to be in. We don't know when the boats will be moving apart. And our position will be in terrible shape. Pray. Pray for increased faith. Look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of faith. Hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. When I say hear, make it a part of your life. Contemplate on the word of God. Dwell on the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Now faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Word of God is important in building up our faith. Are you reading your Bible? We should be in Matthew. I haven't done this in a long time. We should be in Matthew now. And that's where I read, you know, that Jesus heals all manner of diseases. Every manner of sickness. Hear and dwell on the word of God. I don't have time to dwell on that. And number five, a, a, a major thing, apply the faith you have. Do something with it. Do something with it. Let it not lie, lay dormant <coughs> in your life. That's why I asked you, you know, many of us have been done what God has asked us to do, perhaps. You know, and, and, and there are so many Christians alive today, they have never witnessed to one single soul in their lifetime. In their lifetime. And they will sing and say, God is good. God has done this, God has done that. Never have talked to one person or invited somebody to church. Given a tract or a Bible. Praise God. I, I had a call from Gideon's International the other day. And uh, they were asking me about one of our people here. And they wanted to get some verification. This person has called them and he wants to join them uh, as a servant, as, as a gospel worker. Now, Gideon's is a good ministry. They do a lot of good. Praise God for people like that. Amen. They want to do something. They want to do something. Don't live your life and never exercise that faith that you have. And leave it, leave it there. Use it to the glory of God. Apply the faith that you have. When I say apply, apply the faith you have, the Bible talks about a few people who applied their faith. You remember the woman who was sick for 12 long years she came to touch Jesus in the crowd. And she made her way through the crowd. And she finally touched the Lord with the, the, the hem of his garment. And power went from the, the, from the Lord and she was healed. And, 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 and Jesus knew that. And she looked behind. He looked behind to see who it was. And this woman was all afraid. You know what Jesus said? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith. Your faith. 
has made you well. Your faith. I, when I talk about applying our faith, this is what I'm talking about. Apply the faith you have. Get out of your home. Go into the crowd and press your way through until you meet Jesus and touch the hem of his garment and get healed in his name. Amen. Apply the faith you have. She may have faith, but she cannot stay home. She has to leave the house. I think many of us have faith, but we do what? We, we stay home with our faith. This is applying the faith that you have. Applying the faith that you have. She applied her faith. There is another couple of blind people in the same chapter. They cried to Jesus for healing. And uh, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. Your faith. Your faith. The faith that you have. You do something with it. You come to Christ. You, you touch him by faith and, and experience the delivering power of Christ in your life. Don't, don't just let it be laying aside somewhere. Not used at all. God is calling us to exercise the faith that we have. The little faith maybe. But let's use it to the glory of God. Come and touch him by faith. Jesus told this to Blind men, your faith, your faith has made you whole. The Lord didn't say, my power has made you whole. It's been true if he said that, but he said, you have faith in me. Amen. That is what has made you whole. My brothers, my sisters, God is calling us to exercise our faith in him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's been too long that we've been waiting and waiting to touch him by faith and say, God, deliver me. God, deliver me. We don't light a candle and put it under a bushel. We put it out so everyone can see the light and you take your faith and let everyone see your faith in the Lord. Those of you who've been dealing with sickness for a long time, think about this woman. She had some faith, and if she had less stayed on her bed, stayed on her home, she would not have received healing. She decided to come out. Feeble she was. Frail she was. But yet she chose to come crawling on her hands and feet and he come to Christ and touches him and get healed. According to your faith, you are made whole. All of us have some faith. There is a woman of Canaan who comes to Jesus and said, the Lord, I have a daughter. She's in great need. You know the story. Jesus tested her faith. He said, I am not sent to you people. I am sent to my own people. She said, yes, Lord, I know that. But even the dogs, even the dogs eat the crumb of bread that falls from its master. Treat me as a dog. That's fine with me. But heal my child. Hallelujah. 
but heal my child. I come to you with the little faith I have. That's all I have. I know you can do this. I know you are the God of heaven and earth. I know you can deliver my child from demon possession. So I come to you, Lord. And, and she fall, falls at the feet of Jesus. And what Jesus said? Oh, woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. Your faith. Your faith. Apply your faith. The little faith that you have. Praise God. So let me close here. Lord, increase our I read a story of a small boy who attended Sunday school for the first time in his life and he was greatly pleased with a picture card that was given him. On that picture card was written the word have faith, the sentence have faith in God. You get the picture? Think about a little boy for the first time attending a Sunday school class. And she and he was given a picture card with the words, uh, have faith in God. So he was on his way back home. And he was very pleased with that card. He treasured it. On his way back home in a bus, this precious card slipped from his fingers and fluttered outside into the, into the air through the open bus window. Immediately, a cry of distress arose. Stop the bus! Stop the bus! I have lost my faith in God! <laughs> the good driver stopped the bus and he jumped out and retrieved his car. The passengers of the bus smiled and someone observed how wise it would be if older people call a halt when they find themselves rushing ahead on some road without the faith of God. So the best thing to do is to cry out, I have lost my faith. I have a little faith. I need more faith. Stop the bus! Stop the bus! I need to have that faith in God. I need it. Oh, sometimes the faith of a child likes us. My faith and your faith. Just stand with me today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants to bless us this morning. Where is your faith, he asked. Hallelujah. We could take a time to pray today. Many of you have deeds, I know. Some of you have talked to me about it. And we have prayed together. If you still have that need, 
You come to Christ with your faith, whatever it might be. It might be very feeble, very little, but come to him and touch him by your faith. And he will say, your faith has made you whole. Don't be bashful. Don't be standing there. We need to be up here in prayer. So I invite you to come, whatever your problem. You may need to pray, Lord, I need more faith in my life. I come and I trust in you. You will bless me with more faith. I have a measure, Lord. Thank you for it. But enlarge my cost. Expand my cost. My reach. Come, brothers and sisters. Let's call upon the Lord. Let's sing a song. Praise me to the Lord. Amen.